0: You're listening to Built on Beavs, your weekly OSU Beavers podcast for fans and by fans. You can listen, subscribe, and share the show on your favorite podcast player, and follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Built on Beavs, and like the show on Facebook, just search Built on Beeves. You can also contact the B.O.B. crew by sending an email to builtonbeavs at gmail.com.
1: This week's episode is brought to you by Rete Woodworking, handcrafted wood and concrete products created with excellence in mind. Head on over to aretewoodworking.com to check out more of their products, learn about who they are as a company, get a quote. Chris will be happy to help you. You can also go to Instagram and follow them at aretewoodworking.com.
2: Now on to the next episode of Built on Bees with your B.O.B. crew, Zeet, Nate, and Eric.
0: Welcome to Built on Beaves. My name is Eric. I am joined by Zeke and Nate. And in this episode, we are going to recap the Beavers' loss in football to Stanford this past Saturday. We're also going to go behind the mask with the UCLA Bruins and look ahead to the football matchup this Saturday as well. And we'll finish things up with the rundown. Fellas, welcome into another episode. Built on Bees. Where is that?
1: I'm sorry. I got it. Tranced by this intro music, it gets me dancing.
0: Kind of looking a little robotic there.
1: Don't even. Why, listeners? I know every time this comes on, you guys start grooving. How can you not?
0: It's true. Yeah, it's a, it's a good way to end the night, start the morning, mid-afternoon, maybe. I don't know. Anytime, anytime. So, in fact, some of you probably rather just listen to the song instead of us, but unfortunately, that only goes for about a minute. Yeah, <laughs> that's all you got. Um. Well, let's get into the game from this past Saturday. Um, another heartbreaking loss for the beeves. They fall to Stanford 31-28. If I may quote a fellow B.O.B. B. crew member, kind of felt like a reverse Hawaii game.
1: Yes, that's what I said, if you guys were in suspense wondering who said that. It was. I mean, there there's so many thoughts going on through my head. I just don't even know where to begin. It was a heartbreak. I mean... I knew going into it I think I mean even though I predicted if Stanford won it'd be by more than 14 so I was wrong in that aspect but I did predict Stanford to win but I really thought the Beaves might actually pull it off and then they just didn't execute four quarters and that's another it's the name of the game it seems like with this team is four quarters is hard to come by in terms of yeah just execution
2: you know what's so heartbreaking though? Is the fact that they didn't get blown out or anything, but they lost two games by three points in the last seconds of the game.
1: Yeah. Was Hawaii by three?
2: Yeah, it was by three, right?
1: Was it? I thought it was 31. I, to...
0: I can check right do you not, now. Do you want to tell me, tell maybe. On that, maybe.
1: But Don't do math on air. Eric likes to say that. Yeah, you know? it's
0: just not a good idea.
2: There's three points.
1: Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. That's what.
2: Hawaii yeah. was 28-31, <clears throat> and Oregon State is there for 28-31.
0: Oh,
1: man. And both, we were scoreless in a half. And, and honestly— oh That's the worst. It's hard when that happens.
0: Yeah, you have halves where you're not scoring, and then you have halves where the defense is locked in but giving up points as well. So, yeah, yet to see a full game on both sides it's of the ball. It's just so
1: different because it's hard because we could be sitting right now talking about this podcast, sitting at 3-1— easy and instead it's a one and three and that feels completely different it's a different season i mean can you imagine having three wins already to this point i mean that's a couple more and you're bowl eligible
0: Mm -hmm. and i was gonna say too uh when we were talking earlier nate you could be one and oh in the pack 12 which i think is even a bigger deal starting the pack 12 season at one and oh Especially against for the Beavers.
2: Stanford. Yeah, especially for the Beavers, I think, that's a big deal.
0: Especially as well. I steal your word, Zeke. It's a good yeah. word. I hope you don't mind. But you're starting the season with two opponents that you would say are probably on the lower tier right now of the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. It's going to get harder.
1: Yeah, we needed that one. Um, yeah, that was just... I don't even know what to say because it was hard. I, the hard. The hardest part is... It'd be a different story if we were just really terrible Mm -hmm. and we knew that and we just didn't have talent and it was just, like you said, getting blown out each game. It it would suck in its own right, but it would be a little easier to take, I think, than the fact as we have talent on this team. Mm -hmm. It's evident all around the board. I mean, just looking at the defense and that D-line and the backers and getting pressure and the offense there is talent across the board of this team there's no doubt about that and that's what makes it the hardest for me i think is we have the potential to beat most pac-12 teams we're Mm -hmm. still not in the talent realm of i think the elite pac-12 guys but man we can compete and the problem is just that execution
2: yeah that's the thing i don't get either is like Coming into the year, I knew we had a good offense. Again, like I said, it was good, but not great. And I thought the defense was going to be lacking, which in the beginning of the season it was. However, I give the most improved player to the defense. Yeah. The defense has constantly showed week after week that they are improving. That secondary, which I'll talk about as part of the, the, you know, the Achilles heel of the team, they even have shown improvement right. over these last few weeks. But then, it seems like when our defense is clicking,
1: our offense gives up. I wouldn't say give up. I know what you're saying. And in a ways, yes. I think the Hawaii game was harder. The Hawaii game, that second half, it felt like was just non-existent Mm -hmm. for the offense. The first half of this game, it was there. It was moving. There's just, we see a misfield goal. That hurts. Which... It's pouring down rain. It's plus. It's a 50-yard plus field goal that Shoe Care is o for. I think seven or eight in his career. So, at that point, you kind of have to question a little bit on the okay, Jonathan Smith, why are you risking that? Maybe go for fourth or just even punt it and make them have bad field or bad field position. Say another field goal gets blocked, so that's a bummer. And just like little things and penalties that kind of shoot yourself in the foot. And so there's at least some sign of life there, but if you don't get points on the board, you can't expect to win a game. I don't think.
0: Well, it's true that the offense was to be able to move the ball. I mean, statistically we, you know, we had more yardage than Stanford, you know, so we finished the game. If I guess if you're just looking at that, we look like the better team, um, I, I still think we were lower on time of possession. Um, but I guess it can come. It comes down to that Stanford took advantage of the opportunities more than we did, especially in the red zone.
1: And I think a big thing that hurts that we talk about a little bit, the hardest thing with this defense in particular is stop them, stop them. It's third mm-hmm. and long. They get a first down. Oh, it's fourth down. They break out a huge run. Those are the hardest things, I think, to take with this defense. We see them, man, they they grind, they fight, they're stopping the push of this team. And then, yeah, it's a little screen play on third and long, and they get a first down. That's just tough.
2: Yeah, I think, like, whether I'm at the stadium or looking on TV, every time I hear, it's third, and then you hear the chainsaw sound, I get nervous. Yeah. I get so nervous, like, oh, stop him, please stop him, please stop him. And it seems like every single time I get nervous like that, it's for a good reason. And Then they do some pass, play or run. Like, a perfect example is the fourth and one. It's like, okay, fourth and one. Even if they get the first down on a fourth and one, I mean, he sprung for like 40 yards Yeah. on a fourth and one.
0: That's the thing. It always feels like it's a big play. You know, it's not like they just get the first time. It always feels like tearing out your heart and it's a big play and it it's it hurts and I think also that's one of the things that still hasn't left like the Gary Anderson time with us now mm-hmm. uh, I just that's what that time think makes me think of giving up those big plays and crucial moments on third down or fourth down but we're seeing improvements in a lot of different areas on this team and Nate what you said in the beginning like if we were a terrible team and had this record or losing, you know, I don't, I don't know exactly how you worded it, but the point is, is that this, this is a good football team in a way there's talent here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where it's hard is that, yeah, you really could be looking at a three, one football team. You could almost make the argument too, that there was times we were competitive against Oklahoma state. I, mm-hmm. I know that was, you know, as far, if you're just looking at the score, that was a, Bigger deficit that we lost to, but there was some signs in that game early on that we were competitive.
2: I agree. Yeah, I would say so. But if you look at Oklahoma State, they're a powerhouse themselves.
0: Oklahoma right, State, right? That was probably the toughest team we've played all year mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, if we're looking at that right point. now. So, and um, special teams. I mean, that's another
1: one of those that kind of kicked us in the butt this game. Yeah, Tied especially the game, near the end. Then takes it to the 50, or even like 40-something, our own 40. And two plays in your field goal range. Yeah.
2: Yeah, real quick, it's Oklahoma State is actually um, ranked number 21. There you go. So, and they knocked off number 24, Kansas State University, 26 to 13 last week. And their only loss came to number 12, Texas, by six points.
0: So, it's it's clear that was t- um, more of a top-tier competition for exactly. the East so far this year. Um, I would also say, too, what's interesting is the defense who has been burned on the run really stepped up this game. I our mean, run
1: defense c- in general and our QB pressure and has really improved, really improved. I agree. And that's, that's fun to watch. Like it, It's exciting to see the line or, or Hamaka Rashid just bust through there and get sacks. He's on fire. Mm-hmm. I think a couple sacks the last couple games. And so that's fun to watch, or Jordan Whitley busting through the line and just plowing. The Usually guy at the, the end of the field. game, too, yeah, right? It's always happens like the last Hawaii. last second. But still, those are fun to see, and we didn't really get to see that before.
0: But, yeah, you're right. We didn't see those in years past. And
1: the, and we kind of even talked a little bit about it, Eric, before the show. Just, I mean, the what if games of like, okay, so we're sitting at one and three now what if you go a year and and two and 10 again mm-hmm. or even one and 11 it's like that's a hard thing because in ways this team is completely better than last year there's i think no doubting that 100% at all. i agree 100% but then it's like well. but if you go one and 11 like what it, it How do you just take doesn't take that
2: yeah and and that's the big thing is too is like that's i think that's why it hurts to lose by the 3 points for both hawaii in this game is because At the end of the day, if you don't get that W, it don't matter how close it is because all everybody ever sees is that record. They don't see how close those games are. And I think Oregon State's record does not reflect how good of a team they are. Mm -hmm. However, in games like this, we have to be smart. And I think one of the reasons we lost this game is because we weren't thinking. And by that, I mean – those last-minute mistakes that got us some penalties that worked in the favor of Stanford.
0: Yeah, that's a part of it. I would also say, a, um, you know, a slow start for the offense as well. Yes. Kind of dig. I mean, we didn't dig ourselves a big hole, but by the time it's the third quarter and it's 21 nothing, you know, we did fight back. But imagine, you know, like we talked about, you at least, I don't know, Pick up three points, a touchdown in that first mm-hmm. half. I mean, you might be walking away with a win.
2: Yeah, or or even the um, holding them to a field goal instead of getting the penalty and giving them automatic first down. Mm-hmm. Again, you still may be looking at the W again.
0: Right. That was that was a big play in the game. Yeah. Legitimate though.
2: Yeah, legitimate, legitimate. It, it was and, the right call. Yeah, and so. that's the thing that hurts too is like it's the right call, and I think. I think I know why he did it. I think he was so hungry to get a stop that he just made a bad decision. You know?
1: And it's obviously easy to sit here or sit in the comforts of your home, you know, and say like, why would you do that? You got to think more. But when you're on that field and you're, yeah, you're hungry for that. Yeah. Have some sacks in the game and you're, this is a kind of a crucial, not, crucial but like it's a big big kick you want to block it you don't really think through those things as much I don't think or it's yeah. hard to maybe it's, slow it down
2: and honestly I rather have a player where I have to hold back and tell them like hey man that's not a smart decision to do rather than someone had, being lax off it's like oh they can get the kick anyway you know
0: yeah especially since it's not like dirty right, right. it's yeah. not so uh, it's yeah unsportsmanlike it's being competitive mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I don't have a problem with it but it was the right call so I mean,
2: yeah, I wish that the refs would overlook it, but I guess
0: <laughs> well, it's one of those things. Who knows how often that actually happens? I mean, I don't know as a viewer. I don't know if you notice that stuff until it's flagged, and then you see the replay. It's like, oh, okay, you know. I, I don't know.
2: I, I have something funny to interject. That's not about the game, but it is about referees. I was watching the Alabama game with some coworkers, <laughs> and. Um, you know how sometimes they bring up the roster for, like, the offense of who's all playing and stuff? Mm-hmm. One of my coworkers is like, funny, I don't see any of the refs on there. Oh. It took me a while to get it, too. Oh, my gosh. But, honestly, it's, that's how it's seen when you look at Alabama and how the refs always get give them plays or calls in their favor. It's just like, yeah. are y'all on this team, too? What's up with
0: that? Just a couple quick stats for the game, just um, to throw them out there. Um, Luton finished uh, twenty-seven to thirty-nine for three hundred thirty-seven yards and a TD. Uh, Pierce sixteen carries for one hundred forty-one yards, two TDs, and then Hodgin's ten receptions for one sixty-two and a TD. And then uh, Rashad had two sacks. So, um, really good numbers offensively. Yeah. Yeah, I know. And that's, I keep going back to it. That's the
1: hard part. We have talent. There's no doubt about it. And so that is an encouraging thing, obviously. I think it's easy come off a loss. It's heavy. It's hard, especially when it's close. You could have won it against a school like Stanford, even though they're kind of on a lower end this year still to say we got to win against Stanford is no small thing. Um, so it's easy to kind of look at those, the negatives of it, but it is true. This team has improved and testament to Jonathan Smith, testament to the recruiting, mm-hmm. even the players and their preparation. It's there, but there's just that little thing that they need to propel them forward to kind of come away with these victories and you know, I think we're on track. We're going to get there.
2: I'm I'm hoping that this game could be a crucial learning point for everyone involved, offense and defense, special teams. And I'm hoping that we can grow from this game, move on from this game, and play better next time and every game play better. And I think one of the things we're going to need to see from OSU this year, no matter how this season turns out, I think I would love to see it. This is more of a wish list. I would love to see an upset of a ranked Pac-12 team.
1: I think it's possible. And I think these this is one of those games that you lose, but you can still kind of draw momentum from. Mm-hmm because you come back from 21 points could have very easily won it Um, you're improving I think the players can feel both of that sense of yeah we blew it and we kind of lost that game but we have the capability we have the talent to beat Stanford we have the talent to beat these other teams and Mm -hmm. I know we talked a little last week about tradition and history of schools. This is still Stanford. So a bad Stanford still has that history of being a good team. Mm -hmm. And so even though we lost, I think players kind of feel that drive to compete harder this week in practice, come against the UCLA team. That's kind of looking like they're on a little bit of a rise. They're still kind of sitting fairly low, but I mean, it's a it's going to be a big week this week. I think
2: it it really will be, and it's going to be very interesting to see how our players react to um, not only the loss but what they learn from it to see if they could carry on those lessons into the next game to get a W.
0: I think it's clear. Zeke you kind of said it. Um, them improving, I think they've improved in each and every game. So far this season, you are—you really are seeing improvements Mm -hmm. in each and every game. So uh, let's do this. We're going to take a timeout. When we get back, we are going to go behind the mask, and we're going to preview this UCLA matchup. You're listening to Built on Beats.
1: Located in the Willamette Valley, Michael Nolan Design is a freelance graphic designer. The creator of your Built on Beeves logo, he's there ready to help you with any design needs you may have. Head on over to Instagram and follow him at Michael Nolan Design. See what he's up to, or send him a message if you are interested in working with him. Again, go on over to Instagram at Michael Nolan Design.
0: Welcome back to Built on Beaves. It is time to go behind the mask with the UCLA Bruins. We are going to hand it off to our boy, Nate.
1: I don't know if, we actually done, if we've done this one yet. I don't know if that year we did it, if we had UCLA on our schedule. Because I don't remember doing this one. I'm going to so, trust you. This is new to all of us. So like you kind of spoiled already, they are the Bruins, in case you didn't know that. But originally, early on in the days, early in their existence, the UCLA students were Cubs. Kind of a mock or a nod to the school's fledgling status. I had to look up how to say that. I'm not gonna lie, basically mean the immature; they're still young, like a bird. How do we describe that, Zeke? You knew that more than me. Whatever. Besides the point.
2: Yeah, it was somebody who is immature, young.
1: So yeah, they had a young status, but that didn't kind know of the go. Type. That didn't go well for so long. So in nineteen twenty-four. The students adopted the more ferocious grizzly, ferocious. A, little more, a little more fierce. But in 1926, as UCLA looked to enter the Pacific Coast Conference, mm. here you go, Eric, the University of Montana, already a member, mm. they pressed its case for the grizzly ownership because they are the grizzlies. Uh. So once again, UCLA was in search for another mascot. So after considering names from the Buccaneers to the Gorillas, (laughs) how about that? The students were still trying to figure out a mascot to go with. And at the time, UC Berkeley was using both the Bears and the Bruins. So Berkeley students voted to give the Bruin name up, and finally UCLA had its mascot. Wow, nice. So how nice of UC Berkeley.
2: You know what I'm actually very surprised at? Is that there's no collegiate team whose mascot is the gorillas?
0: I, I was about true? to say I feel bad for the primates. They got none. Yeah, I don't think there's a single primate name really? anywhere. Isn't that odd? That is very odd. I mean, we got a lot of wild cats. Got yep. a lot of different types of dogs. Birds.
2: Well, well, even obscure ones: a Saluki, mm-hmm. a spider, a bison, a jackrabbit, penguin, a corn husker. Um,
1: w- um. What's that, Syracuse? Bil-
2: oh,
0: I was gonna say oh, Saint Louis, Louis. The, the Billikins yes, the Billikins which isn't even real. I know, right? Anyway, the Jayhawk, which I found out is not a real bird. By the way, a Jayhawk's not a real bird. It's not. Mm-hmm. Oh wow, no. I didn't know Made that. A terrapin. A terrapin, <laughs> a terrapin, yeah, which is a turtle, yeah, yeah. or something. Razorback.
1: So early on, UCLA actually <laughs> used live bears, which was entertaining. <laughs> Who doesn't They're like given to see a, live bear? <laughs> a variety of names? But Joe Bruin was the one that lasted. And in 1961, alumni presented the campus with the first Josephine Bruin, a little Himalayan bear. And she lived in the rally committee's chair's backyard until she grew too big and was moved to the San Diego Zoo. <laughs> so that can be your problem with hosting live mascots. <laughs> they tend to grow, especially if it's a bear. Uh...
0: What about Joe Bruin? What happened to that so guy? Finally,
1: well, I mean, they ended up going. I uh, doesn't say the um, outcome of his life. So doesn't
0: that sound like Joe Bruin would have a top hat and a monocle. I, know I mean, that yeah, his, somewhat.
1: his character kind of went through design changes over the years. So, cost. Eventually, the costumed student mascots took over the job around the mid nineteen sixties. Several students took turns playing Joe and then he was joined in 1967 by a costumed Josephine or Josie who is more popularly called today. Um, So now there's a girl one to be side by side with Joe. Um, Like I said his costumes and depiction have evolved over the years from a Mickey Mouse looking Bruin in the 30s to a smiling Joe in the 70s. The current design was unveiled in 1996 can you imagine if that bear got loose i know that's (laughs) a liability thing waiting so there you have it used to be the cubs we're thinking about the grizzlies ended up with the bruins Bruins. that's pretty cool
0: i feel like they could have been fine with grizzlies i mean montana just goes grizz anyway that's true yeah but
2: that would be weird though two teams playing each other the same mascot
0: it happens, yeah. Like it happens with the Wildcats. You see it with Huskies. Mm-hmm.
2: Has hey. so has UConn ever played Washington
1: or Northern Illinois? I'm sure, at some point they
0: played Someone. or Northern Illinois. Yeah, yeah, that's Huskies true. Huskies over NIU. there. Yeah, two Huskies for, for sure. We know Wildcats have played each other. I think. I've, I've what are other before?
1: Wildcats: Arizona,
0: Arizona, Kentucky, Kentucky, Northwestern. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. True. Northwestern. Yeah. you guys all know I love the Simpsons. I've quoted this one before. It. Have you seen that episode, Zeke? Which episode? Where the two teams are playing each other and they're doing a chant and Bart Simpson's team is like, they're making a chant like, who are we? The Wildcats. And who are we going to beat? The Wildcats. <laughs> no, I haven't seen that one. I'll, I'll send it to you later. That's hilarious. Not the time. All right, Nate. Well, thank you for going behind the mask for us. Good work. Good yes, work. Thank you. All right, so let's actually preview this matchup against UCLA. That will be this Saturday, October 5th, in Pasadena. Currently, the Beavs, as we know, are 1-3, UCLA 1-4. and This is a 6 p.m. kickoff, and it is on the Pac-12 network. Yes, Pac-12 network. Our initial thoughts on the game. One team will be at two wins. That's yes, sir. Very and deep. Very deep.
1: Yeah. So like we kind of said, UCLA is kind of a interesting team as well. They're kind of low on the the bottom. Um, but we saw that thrilling game against Washington State where they won 67 to 63. So they have the capability of putting up numbers and bunches. But they also have the capability of giving up numbers and yards. They lost to Arizona this last week. Don't have the score on the top of my head. You might. It is it was uh, 20, twenty to 17. seventeen. Twenty to seventeen was Jinks. what I was going to say. So in Arizona, I mean, all of this, I don't know how much it means, but Arizona lost to Hawaii by like fifteen. So I mean, if it's that circle just going on, do You just never know what's going to happen. But concluding that, saying this is a winnable game in a game that's big, that I think easily we could win if we execute for four quarters.
0: Let me give you how much UCLA is scored in each game. Because this is this is wacky, okay? I'm just going to go in order. 14, 14, 14, 67, 17. Wow. How do you even explain that?
1: <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? It well, they have a young quarterback, so that could be partial to it. We I mean, were I mean. talking
0: about 40-plus point differential.
1: I know. Sometimes college football, you just can't explain, and that's one of those instances. That's crazy.
2: It is. That is pretty crazy. So for compa- for comparison, let's look at the Beavers' points. 36, 28, 45, 28.
1: We so, can score. Yeah, we can score. Except for halves in two games. That's crazy. And that's, yeah, those numbers are with – Two halves of zero points. That's true.
0: You know, I think these, this is a game between two teams that are still probably trying to kind of find their identity. That's a good point. I would say on both sides. Well, I don't know if I could say on both sides of the ball for UCLA. I, I would say the def I don't know. What do you guys think? Which side of the ball for Oregon State is closer to finding out who they are and how they're going to play?
1: Defense. Um, offense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Well, let the debate begin, so I
1: don't understand the question
2: well, the way I interpret the question is how close do you think whether the offense or the defense is to finding out who they are and settling in to the type of play that they want to have every single game, yes, throughout the entire game
0: what I've, kind of what kind of offense are we? What kind of defense are we? How are we going to attack?
2: I think looking back at this uh Stanford game, I think the defense has shown that. They're more getting into their identity. And I think, again, the defense has shown the most progress between the games of finding out who they are.
1: I think that's true, but they had a longer way to go. I mean, I think our offense knows their identity and they found it. It's just the execution of that identity that's the struggle. Because when they have it and when they're going – they're executing. They can run the ball. They can pass it. I think it's, the execution's the bigger question, more so than the identity. I think our offense knows their identity. The defense, I think, is still figuring it out a little bit. I think they are figuring it out, but I don't know if it's figured out, whereas offense, I think it is.
0: Now, Nate, you mentioned, as we were watching highlights from this previous game, offensively, when Luton started going out of the pocket, that's where you started seeing the production in the second half.
1: It's when when he started going under center.
0: Under center, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, which was very efficient because it puts the defense. I mean, we have a one of the best backfields in, for sure, the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. It's just we're deep. And you got Artavis Pierce, who's a monster. Jamar Jefferson, who's a little banged up now, but it's a monster. B.J. Baylor can come in. He's... I mean, so you have to respect the run if you're a defense. And so coming out of center, you're either pounding them down with the run that we were super efficient with. I don't know how many yards per carry we had that game, but it had to have been pretty high. And then you pull out a play action pass, it kind of catches them off guard and you're getting a good completion for 10 or so yards. And so highly efficient, I think they should maybe not do that all the time, but stick to that game plan pretty often because I think that's going to be pretty effective.
2: It'd be nice to see if we could put a complete game together. That's what I want to see. I want to see both offense and defense on both ends of things playing it up and playing it hard for both halves and not giving us just one half, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, we haven't seen that complete game yet. I I suppose you could say Cal Poly was. um, we, We probably went off the gas a little bit in the second half there. Right, right, rightfully so. I mean, we were ahead by a lot yeah. and uh, had put, put him back up. So um, right now, this game is a five and a half point spread. So okay. um, we we are underdogs. Oh, we are. Um, so UCLA is favored, mm-hmm. which makes sense. They're at home. Um, you know, we're we're, I think eventually... We get a couple Pac-12 wins. We're going to probably start seeing some of those spreads go in our direction. But right now, uh, five and a half points. So um, what are your guys' predictions for this matchup?
2: Ooh. I'm going to kick it to you, Nate.
1: Sorry, I was doing some research. Um, Yeah. (laughs) That's a hard one. As we know, I like just mentioning this all the time. Um, I am 4-0 in picks. I take a lot of pride in that, but I feel that pressure now of staying undefeated. It's that kind of like when you buy a new car and it's brand new. You're so scared to get it scratched, but then once you actually get it scratched, it's not as big a deal. It's kind of how I feel with my picks right now. So I know you guys don't care. They're just not even looking at me.
0: So I'm just listening to you I'm I'm
2: listening to you as well. (laughs) Anyway.
0: (laughs) I'm thinking if if the Beavers – ended up being 3-1, and one, you'd be at the bottom. Zeke would be at the top. That's true. I know, I know. <laughs> that's true. Well,
1: I, like I said, you play to the history of the team, and that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so this is a big game. One, team, the battle of the one-win teams. And like I said, I think in most of these games, this is a very winnable game. It's one of the games that I think the Beavers can – come out and actually put up a lot of points and defense can show up, and they can actually win this game pretty handily now the question is that that word execution's just lingering right there in front of my face, and that's the only holdback that's a setback for me of fully diving into this team um, now, I don't know recent recent news, but I know ucla's quarterback got banged up, and so I don't know for sure if he's going to be starting this game, which plays a factor in my pick. All of that to say, I think the Beavers are going to win this game. Oh I know. As I say that, I'm still a little <laughs> no like take hesitant. Backs.
2: No take back. I'm
1: going to hold on to that. I think the Beavers are going to come out. Like I said, they've, man, two losses that are really close that they could have easily won. I think the players... It's definitely a different year than a 1-3 and where Mm -hmm. they've been blown out and they're just devastated. I don't think that's the morale of this team. I think it's a confidence, but understanding rightfully, man, we have to step up and kind of stop shooting ourselves in the foot and execute for a full game because, man, what can this team be if they execute for four quarters? Who can't they beat? And I think this is going to be one of those games they come out and just string a full game. Of execution and solid play, and I think they're gonna win by a confident margin.
2: Okay, okay. Well, what I would say is, I really hope that the team could get up the gumption to really call out the, the gumption.
1: What the heck is that? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> what are you?
2: Is that a real word? What yeah, is, is that? Gumption It's like confidence.
0: Wow. How they isn't get? It, isn't it easier just to say confidence <laughs> than <laughs> leave us confused and every single listener? Um, oh, man. It's always fun on. Learn, now, how do you words, spell right? gumption?
2: G U M P T I O N, I believe. Okay. Gumption.
0: I had G U M and Chin. Force gumption. G H I N.
2: I could be wrong. I could be wrong
0: how to spell it. Okay. Well, I hope they bring it too. <laughs> you can. I'll let you finish. Okay.
1: Um, he is right. correct. Okay. Awesome. Gumption. G U M P T I O N. Shrewd or spirited init- initiative and resourcefulness. I don't know how you used that word. I don't remember. Basically
2: confidence. Anywho, um, I this UCLA team is can be very dangerous. I think they showed that through Washington State. However, on the other end, I believe that that part was a lucky fluke for them and that they're a very beatable team as well. And, again, I think when you look at how Oregon State has improved every game versus how UCLA has wavered every game, I think that this game, that the Beavs are going to get the win.
1: Go figure.
2: Yep. I'm not going to put any margins on it. I'm just going to say we're going to get the W, all right? another That another, good old George
1: W. I th- <laughs> thought with that, here's, here's what would – be the struggle for us is if so their quarterback he's a young, which means on one side there's a lot of room for inconsistencies and mistakes. However, he is a mobile quarterback that can scramble out and get some yards on his feet too. Mm -hmm. So if he plays and we do what we kind of struggle with at times where we can get pressure but don't contain, Mm -hmm. that's where we're gonna get in trouble if we got in trouble this game. But like I said, I'm sticking to my my game plan. I think we're going to come out and just execute and have confidence and pull this one and get a victory.
0: You know, what's funny is when I was looking at the leading passing and rusher for UCLA, it really matches up with Luton Pierce. But I'm wondering if that all just came from the Washington State that's game. That's true. Because that true. it doesn't seem to match up with the, their score lines. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I'm more confused with what this UCLA team is than who the Beavers are right now. And that's why it's really difficult for me to make a prediction because it's like if you're just looking at it, I feel like we're, we're the better team and we could go in there and get the win. I think my concern is us playing on the road i I, I think that's where it's, I'm a little hesitant to go. Beavers with the win. Um, I, I think if this game is played at Reese's Stadium, I think the Beavers get the dub and I think double digits. But I'm worried about us playing on the road in this game. So for me, I, I, I think like you guys both have said. Obviously, if you play a complete game, we're probably we're probably gonna win. I'm just not sure which Beaver team is going to show up. I'm not 100% sure which UCLA team is going to show up. So for me, I'm really just going off the fact that this game's on the road. So I'm going to give it to UCLA. So they are the team I think that's going to win. However, I want to say this. If the Beavers do win, I want to be quoted on this. I think it's a blowout win for the Beavers if they get a win. I don't think it's going to be a nail-biter if the Beavers come out of there. I think they're going to dominate if they get the win. But if not, I think it's going to be kind of what I said last week, which I want to get a little credit on since I was so wrong about Cal Poly. I would like a little credit saying that Beavers were going to lose last second to like a field goal. You guys remember me saying that? No, don't recall. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, I did. Um, with that being said, I, I have a feeling if the Beavers go down, it may be something similar to what we saw against Stanford. Um It's going to be close. I think no matter what, the Beavers are going to look good, though. Really, I think they're going to look good in this game. I just can't say for sure they're going to get the W on the road. I think you're just trying to catch up with me on picks. You know what, Nate? Some of it—so that's not not entirely true. However, (laughs) never mind. So what I do think, though, is— I'm kind of like you, Nate. I'm kind of going off of what I've seen. And I haven't seen us win enough on the road in recent years, even though this is a new team and they have looked better. I just can't pull the trigger on it quite yet. It's fair. It's fair. So that's where I'm at. Let's go ahead and take another timeout. Uh, when we get back, we are going to do the rundown. You're listening to Built on These
1: looking to buy your next home, or maybe you're looking to buy your first home. Well, don't wait. Head on over to impactrealestate.com and check out some more details about the husband and wife team of Derek and Tamara Manasco. They are a trustworthy team that's ready to answer any questions you may have about the home buying process. You can call them at 541-231-2157. They are excited to help. Again, go on over to
0: impactrealestate.com. Welcome back to Built On Beaves. It is time to do the rundown.
2: The rundown.
1: The rundown.
0: (laughs) Nice. All right, Zeke, get us started.
2: So, the state to the south of us, the great state of California, Sunshine State. No, that's Florida. Sunshine.
0: That that is Florida. Okay.
2: California, this. They have signed into law, a new law that lets collegiate players be compensated for endorsements and playing sports outside of NCAA stipends. That law is to go into effect in 2023, and it was specifically prohibited NCAA from punishing student athletes from making money.
0: So does that mean a future NCAA football game would only have the California schools. <laughs> Probably just everybody, pick from else, them.
2: everybody else is made up um, what? to go into what Eric is talking about. What a lot of people don't know is the last NCAA college football game was actually made in, in the year 2013 uh, by EA sports. The reason being is because there was a lawsuit that NCAA players had against EA Sports and its parent company for using their likeness and not compensating the players. The players won. The players got compensated. However, And now
1: all of us video game fans are mad.
2: Exactly. Now, due to NCAA rules, players cannot be compensated for playing sports. So EA Sports cannot no longer make the game because they have to compensate the players. However, NCAA rules won't let them compensate the players. So you get the rigmarole of um, legal red tape, which keeps players from uh, getting compensated in new NCAA games.
0: (laughs) Hey, that's our CNN, (laughs) MSNBC, Fox News reporter, Zeke. It looks like Eric was falling asleep. He was. He was doing that on purpose. I was being a little comical. Sometimes I like to be funny. Hey, I'm just letting
2: people know, man. I'm getting them in on the know.
0: Honestly, that was really good. Could you imagine me trying to work through that sentence? (laughs) (laughs) I feel bad for everybody. All right. Good job, Zeke.
1: All right. Let's move on to Beaver-related news. Um, We have the women's golf team, who I think are sitting at number four nationally. They had the Molly Collegiate Invitational, which was hosted in Portland Monday, yesterday, and today, Tuesday. And so the first round, the Beavers ended up finishing 7th place after shooting a 31-over. And Nicole Schroeder got a hole-in-one. So that was pretty sweet. Um, Stanford led the 11-team field with a 3-over. Um, while Oregon was sitting in second place after the first round. And then we hit today, which was the second round, and the Beavs kind of rallied back. Um, Both Ellie Slama and Izzy Taylor both fired subpar scores, and they ended up finishing, what was it, fifth in the 11-team field. So they came back. Um, They did a really good job of kind of battling back the second round Posted good scores. Um, their next, I guess, tournament or invitational is the Stanford Intercollegiate, and that will be October 11th, which is a Friday, and then the Saturday and Sunday as well. So that's a weekend tournament there in Stanford.
0: That is a young team. I think I was seeing it. I think it's like three or four freshmen, sophomore. I think. I think um, the oldest is a junior. So. Oh, wow. Nizzy Taylor coming up as a freshman, doing that, good stuff. That's right. And the four ranking, it's big, real big. Women's volleyball, they are two and zero in the Pac-12. They started things off last week in the Pac-12 play. Nate was at the game. Civil, the Civil War, War, baby. Yep, they took out the Ducks three uh, two last Thursday. Number twenty four ranked Ducks. First time I they beat say. them oh, nice. since twenty fourteen. It's a big deal. And they won the last set 15 to 13. It was pretty,
1: it was rowdy, it was wild in there.
0: Nice. Came back the next night, beat Colorado 3-1. So, Beavs looking good overall. They are 8-5, and and like I mentioned, 2-0 in conference. They have a pair of matches coming up this week as well, at home at Gill. Friday against Cal, and then Saturday against Stanford.
2: All right, now we're moving on to women's soccer, and they open up Pac-12 play, the Conference of Champions, on Saturday, September 28th in Pullman, Washington, against the Washington State Cougars. Unfortunately, the Washington State Cougars handed us our first loss uh, at a score of 1-2, which in soccer, I guess, any score is, is I guess not really a blowout, but it's a loss and it sucks. But, however, I have faith that uh, the women's soccer team is going to pull themselves up. And continue to win. If you would like to see the next match, it's going to be on Thursday, October 3rd, in Salt Lake City, Utah, against the Utah Utes, followed by a match on October 6th, which is a Sunday at 1 p.m., in Boulder, Colorado, against the Colorado Buffaloes. And then we bring it back October 10th, which is a Thursday at 7 p.m., against Stanford, back on rounds at Paul Lawrence
0: Field. We knew a loss would eventually come, so we can all take a deep breath. That's, that's a really good soccer team. So
2: I don't, I don't know if I'd do that.
0: Oh, okay. I mean, has anyone gone undefeated in soccer? I don't even know. That's a good question. You know what? I'm going to do some research, and I'm going to come back to this show next week, and I'm going to let everyone know. All right, thank you. And you me. guys can hold me accountable to that. I will hold you oh, accountable. Oh, we will. Okay. Well, let's wrap this up. Remember, listen, subscribe, and share the show and follow us on our social media outlets. You can also contact us by emailing builtonbeams at gmail.com. For Zeke and Nate, I'm Eric. Thanks for listening. We are Built on Beeves